Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzana of MetabolicMasterpiece.com and I am joined once again by my co-host Brian Cron, BrianCron.com. Links in the description below. Um, Brian, how are things going this week for you? Uh, things are going fabulous. I'm busy as heck but uh, uh, doing well. I'm I'm wrapping up my training block and kind of getting getting set for a little break at Christmas and uh, wow, like lots of projects on the go, lots to lots to keep me busy. So things are good. Excellent. Let's let's talk a bit about that training. So in the last episode, you mentioned that you're going to be dialing things back a little bit. Um, to you're in a strength training phase right now, and you're going to be cutting back to four days a week. Part of it, the issue you noticed was uh, your sleep was being negatively impacted, and that's a sign that hey, you're kind of nearing the end of a cycle. But how did the change of reducing the number of days in the gym uh, have an effect on you? Well, actually, uh, <laughs> I, I, I acted a, a little too slow. I probably should have made that change a bit earlier because. Uh, I'm at the end of this uh, of this deadlifting block, and I I've certainly I've I've cooked my lower back. My lower back has said this is enough for now. So um, I, I actually dropped down just to two days last week, just to kind of uh, rest things up and uh, get some uh, get some much needed uh, chiropractic care. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling good again this week, and uh, just going to finish this block strong. And uh, looking forward to uh, very much a more slower tempo kind of hypertrophy phase uh starting early in January and this has been really good though I'm glad I made this I included this block um I kind of I I blogged about it actually my last blog I talked about including a strength block like this and uh it really just it's such a, a different way to train uh and and I really like the just the way it made me feel and the, the explosiveness from it and uh but definitely looking forward to some uh, more slower tempo kind of bodybuilding type stuff so so that article for people if they're going to go visit your blog right now and they, if, they, if you have new posts up there since the time of this podcast i can look for the article that is called the big picture approach to muscle yes yeah hell of an article dude i, I freaking i just your writing is phenomenal and that's a big part of your work you're talking about busy with different projects and stuff so not only do you do a lot of writing for yourself but do writing for other people and editing so you're totally entrenched in this business uh, in just a variety of ways not only in the gym you are uh, in the trenches in so many different ways yeah yeah i'm, I'm definitely entrenched i mean that's, that's a fine way to put it uh, yeah i mean it's it's i'm certainly not complaining it's good uh so how did this strength phase Go for it. Did, did you did the the numbers on the bar go up significantly, or um, just enough to make you happy, or what? Uh, what were some of the the benefits from going through the strength focused phase? Well, I really um, I really found that uh, it like I, I got a lot of growth uh, that like noticeable growth, which I mean I don't grow very fast, so for me to actually notice uh, was pretty rewarding like through the posterior chain like specifically like back traps and hamstrings uh i really did get a, a nice kind of burst from that um just i think because when you train especially more like hypertrophy stuff you tend to even with your best programming you, you tend to focus more what's in the mirror i find and um 
you know, when you step away from that and do like more just movement based training and, and you, it attacks the, the posterior chain a lot more. And, uh, yeah, I sure got, uh, I sure got some results that way. And yeah, my deadlift went back up. I mean, my deadlift is never outstanding and I, and I kind of make fun of the exercise a lot because, uh, everybody's, everybody talks about deadlifting now that I'm, that just to be a, just to be a party pooper, I kind of, I'll take shots at the exercise and say that it doesn't impress me much and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, no, I did, I like to have a strong deadlift and I was able, able to bring it back up to a, a respectable level. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Good, good. Yeah. Nowadays it's, it's tough. Like re- respectable level <laughs> to, in some yeah. circles is, is nothing, but for, for us bros who were not yeah. always focused on strength and powerlifting and all that stuff, um, yeah, well, I I think like for myself, I'm doing um, more than twice my body weight for the conventional and sumo deadlifts, and three yep. times, nearly three times my body weight for the trap bar deadlift. And I, and I think that's great. Then I get I post yeah. a video on YouTube and get <laughs> never do trash that. trashed by young kids. Who, that's <laughs> you're not you wimp. <laughs> I know. Well, it's such a technique. That's why I I kind of I don't I'm not on the deadlifting bandwagon as much as everybody else because it's such a, a a technique and and your your body your I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up the pronunciation of the word but your anthropometric yeah <laughs> your le- your levers <laughs> your lever like plays so much of a role uh, in deadlifting that it uh, it's it's I don't know I find a I find a really good squat um, a little bit more impressive. You know, granted, there's levers play a role in that too, but uh, I'm more impressed by a big squat. I have to say, it's so true. Squat. So some people are just built if, for deadlifts. If you got long arms and a really good grip, you're you're well on your way. <laughs> so. grip, grip is definitely a killer for me. I've got short, stubby little fingers, and just grab. <laughs> I've got to find the the thinnest bar, like the smallest diameter bar in the gym to. <laughs> to really get a good grip on things, <laughs> it kind of sucks. It's not that my grip strength sucks; it's just I got short fucking fingers. Oh uh, well, that's what she said. But um... <laughs> you bastard! All right, you're laughing at me over there. Fucking now, my nickname's gonna be Stubby. You fucking Stubby. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh... yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Well, I get humbled by my deadlift. I mean, it's. I mean. I, guy, I, I train in right now in a glorified fitness center, and there are, yeah, young kids pulling well over 500 pounds, and it's, it's pretty impressive. But, you know, to, to quote Arnold, then I look at them, and, you know, they're nothing. You know, they right. look like nothing. So, you know, I don't know what to say. But... <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. You see a lot of that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it almost seems to be the guys who are the strongest are the smallest. And Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's it, it's teach their own. You have your own yeah. area of of passion and and where you like to to devote yep. your focus and yeah, all the power to them. I I find it impressive. I look at them like it's fucking awesome. But so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not my thing. I I like to a good mix, getting stronger yep. but looking visually impressive at the same time. Or, yeah, I mean, like I've always tried to include stuff like that, like like what I mean is like basic heavy lifts like throughout the year. Yeah. But lately I've kind of got into having blocks of just doing that. Like not this time. I think the mistake I made is I went for too long. I tried to do four months and I think it's just, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't do enough of my homework. I didn't stretch enough and, and kind of, you know, I had just, you know, I, I didn't take care of my body quite well enough to last that long. So I think that's why I've, I've started to fall apart the last couple of weeks, but, um, it sure is a nice kind of change. It's such a different gear. So when I do go back to, to the more hypertrophy stuff, I'm looking forward to a nice little bounce. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that'll be exciting. It's gonna be exciting to to follow that shift, that change, and not not just how your body responds, but how you mentally respond to it as well. Because I mean, grabbing a lighter weight and really feeling the tension in certain areas, I think that it gets exciting. It stirs up a a lot of excitement with your training as well. It's a different kind of ex- excitement compared to fucking lifting some heavy shit. Feels really good too. But uh, yeah, like. He- yeah, and I find it it's it's a little more forgiving too. Like you just, um, I just, yeah. Like when when you push it too much with a lot of low rep stuff, it's and you get into a bit of a hole recovery wise. I I find it can be hard to get out. Like you can be really, especially as you get older, like you can feel really worn down, and you're like, man, you get shit that hurts that like, yeah. <laughs> like parts of your body you didn't even know you had. Like wow, like that that hurts today. Okay, you know. Whereas. Uh, you know, the more methodical hypertrophy stuff, it's it's a little bit easier to manage that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We feel the same thing with yeah. my workout partner. He's going to be 52 soon, coming no, up in yeah. January. So same thing. And it, I kind of listen to him uh, as well. Like he he lets me know, all right, it's got some of this heavy stuff. We need to take a, a, yeah. a break from it. And last month we, we dialed it back. And normally I like to include at least like one exercise where we're in that three to five or four to six rep range. And, and last yeah. month, last month, the, the lowest we went was six reps. And after, after four weeks on that, this phase that we just started this past week, we're like, let's, let's continue with that. And like six reps, like we'll, we'll try to keep those, those heavier sets, um, to six reps instead yeah. of six to eight, where it's, it's more to the, towards hypertrophy. Six is still, it's a good mix of you're gonna get a good balance of the strength, the the neural adaptations as well as the the metabolic adaptations and, and hypertrophy benefits. So um, it's been good. It's been really nice break on the joints for sure. It feels good to kind of slow down the movement. We're gonna talk more about tempo coming up yeah. soon yeah. later on the call. But uh, yeah, every once in a while it is nice to take a little bit of a break from the really heavy lifting. Uh, but man, it's been ages. As I mentioned that in the last call, it's been ages since I've had just a strength block. So I am looking forward when I'm in a surplus to to try yeah. that out. Maybe eight weeks, eight weeks where I just focus on on lifting some heavy weight. Did you did you just do that for deadlifts, or what? What other exercises were you focusing on to to build well, strength? I, well, I was gonna focus on squat and deadlift, but I f- found just through experience when I chase both of them. Uh, neither goes up too fast. So uh, what I did is I I just kind of did maintenance for squatting, but I've uh, on every other on one lower body day I would deadlift heavy, and on the other day I would I would do an explosive pull like a I really like snatch grip high pulls because it works well with my poor mobility. Um, and uh, I got really strong in those. So and I think that's where I got a lot of the upper back kind of uh, growth from was. was was that lift and it's it's a there's so much fun and uh the gym i'm in right now it's i mean they got good platforms and bumper plates so i can kind of really get after it there 
Um, so yeah, alternating one day doing the explosive movements and the next day and the next lower body day doing the deadlifting, uh, it was, it worked really well. I never really felt too burnt out uh, until, <laughs> until the bitter end. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it was great. And then, yeah, and obviously upper body days as well. But, uh, but really the focus was more on, on lower body. Cool. Yeah. So I naturally, I'm kind of an upper body guy the rest of the year. So I, I kind of made a, made a point of stepping back a bit. Excellent. And, and last week when you dialed it back to twice a week, did your, did, have you noticed, has your sleep improved or anything else, uh, <laughs> impact? Well, well, it freed up a lot more time. So I just filled the time rather than fill the time with pleasurable activities. I, I filled it with work. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't know if my sleep. Yeah, he actually did actually, to be honest, it did. And, uh, I got that feeling again when I couldn't wait to work out, you know, toward, you know, when you get that kind of in the back of your mind, like, man, I, can't wait to go to the gym. Then you know you're kind of you're on the right wavelength. Whereas before it was it, it was starting to feel a bit like a chore. Mm-hmm. Like I would do my heavy deadlifting on Saturdays, and and by Friday night I'd be like, oh god, I, I do not want to get up out of bed and go deadlift. I mean, I just <laughs> you know I'd still do it, but it was it was kind of uh, there was wasn't a lot of excitement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a sign <laughs> yeah. for change. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sign of change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, last week uh, or the last episode, we we're talking about uh, having a variety of training protocol in your in your programming and how we have some of our favorites and how how it makes training so much fun by mixing things up. And typically, I like to to have like three different protocol. Whether it, there's always straight sets involved, and then I'll I'll mix in like drop sets and hundred rep sets, or drop sets and mile reps, or something mm-hmm. along that line. Eight sets of eight. Uh, this phase, so we started a new phase this week, and um, we're just going with straight sets, and and nice. it's kind of, it's it's made it, it's just different. It's a nice change of pace. You don't have to worry about like supersetting where you're taking up two pieces of equipment. Um, I don't know. It's just been a nice little dialing things back, less thinking involved, and and just getting at her and mixing up the different ranges, so like six to eight and eight to ten um it's been uh, it's been good we're going with the same kind of split that we did the last actually no we're not we're going we're doing different this Mm -hmm. this month we are hitting just chest alone like chest is my lagging body part so i really wanted to it's been a while it's probably been five months since i've given chest like a dedicated high volume day and and we crush it like chest day was it was a really high volume day um and tempo we've slowed down the tempo quite a bit uh the day two we're doing quads and triceps which is is kind of my workout partner we did this a few months ago as well um i never thought of pairing yeah, yeah. Like I, I like splitting quads and hamstrings up every once in a while. It, yeah. It's kind of it's nice, but then he's like, well, let's we've got to get some of our our um, what do you call them beach muscles or whatever we, the, the show muscles. We get we got to work them on one of these days too. So we're including tries with quads, and then uh, I think the next day is back on its own high volume and uh, shoulders is the next day and I include a little bit of chest low volume chest on that day just to stimulate my chest twice a week and then hams and biceps and it's been a good routine so it's uh what's that a five-day plan but we're we're pretty much hitting even though we're splitting quads and hamstrings you never completely 
isolate no. them on either day. So it's like our legs are being stimulated twice. And on hamstring day where we're doing some deadlifts, uh, your back is getting targeted there as well. And so it's been a, it's been a really good um, week on that programming feeling, uh, feeling great. And I've, I've experimented with a few different things because I realize a lot of my, my lagging chest has to do with my mind muscle connection. Um, and just using a lot of triceps, um, and even shoulders in a lot of my pressing movements. And one, one adjustment that I made was going wider on the bench press. And yep. I find like with it, that wide grip is really, um, it's almost taking my triceps out of the movement. I'm feeling a great stretch. I have to go lighter. Um, I know some people have run into shoulder issues when they're gripping it too wide, but uh, I find my shoulders were out of it as being smart and just slowing down the movement really uh, focused on that tempo. And I think that can lead into our next discussion. We, we really did want to talk about tempo. And the main reason we want to talk about tempo is that um, there was one of the, one of the, articles in Alan Aragon's research report. It's supposed to be a monthly report. <laughs> uh, it comes out just about every month. Um, maybe he's not on time all the time, but he's got his own little calendar. Laziest, lazy bastard. That's, that's <laughs> what he does. I don't, all he does is, all he does is spend all his time on Facebook, just trolling and, and is being a, being a pariah that he, that he doesn't get his research review out on time. <laughs> taking hard-earned dollars, you know, out of our pockets, so he can subsidize his his, his useless lifestyle. <laughs> so he can uh, <laughs> spend it all on some bulletproof butter. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so, I think he's, yeah, I think he's agreed to be a guest on our show, so we'll, we'll edit this out. But <laughs> <laughs> that that would be fantastic. I, I met Alan for the first time back in in June. He's. Uh, Definitely. Um, He's a smart guy. Smart, yeah. smart yeah. dude. I, I, very passionate about this stuff. That's for sure. So I've uh, we the research report just came out today. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. You and I, we like to stay on top of the science. I mean, that's what modern muscle head really is. It's it's just as much to do with the the in the trenches experience that we go through as it is um, kind of doing things with some evidence to support the reasons why we do what we do. And um, I mean, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be on PubMed every day looking for a new, new research on, on the best variation of the bicep curl. Cause it's, it's a lot of the, a lot of that kind of information isn't out there. It's starting, it's like an emerging field. You're starting to see a lot more research done in the bodybuilding field, but uh, nonetheless, I'm not I'm not on PubMed. I'm not going to be looking for this research. And even when I find these research papers, sometimes I just oh, I get please, a glossed yeah. a glossed look over my head. So the reason why I like Alan's report and, and Brett Contreras has his report that comes out monthly, and there's a few others out there is that they they kind of dummy it down for us so that they i love how they look at all right what are the strengths of the studies the weaknesses of the studies and um kind of give their own cole's notes of it or or their put it into layman's terms and then give some practical applications of um the conclusions within the study yeah and, like yeah i agree completely yeah it's it's the average person just can't 
like you like they can't look at this, a study and and decide whether it's and 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 know whether it's even valid or not. I mean, and to be honest, that's I don't that's why I don't put a lot of stock in, in my interpretation of studies because I'm not you know I'm not trained to do that. And you know, unless you have at least like a master's level in university of of actually doing that, you're probably don't have a very good leg to stand on. So it's it's good to let people who are you know, that's their passion, that's what their education is, you know, do that for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good to see, I mean, I see nowadays, because evidence-based really seems to be, um, it's kind of, I don't want to say trending, but it's really emerging where you've got to have some sort of evidence to back it up. Like you put out a a new diet program or a new training protocol and you want to say, well, here's my reasons for it. And, um, Unfortunately, there's a lot of marketers out there who will cherry pick data and, and kind of yeah, really yeah. mislead people with the studies. But this that's what I like about kind of um, diving into these research reports that that sh- they take kind of a, a big picture approach to it. Look at the pros yeah. and the cons of all the stuff and don't just come to this one conclusion. This is it's, it's kind of it's more practical, honest, um, yeah. done with integrity, I guess you could say. Yeah, like, uh, you know, when I used to write articles more, if whenever I would, whenever I needed studies, like, or, or I wanted to substantiate something I was saying with a with a meaningful study, I would just, to be perfectly honest, I had a, a PhD friend of mine, and uh, I'd get him to find me stuff that was actually valid, just, uh, I didn't want to run the risk of me reading something and thinking, oh, this is a good study, this supports what I'm saying, and then realizing that maybe I took it out of context or maybe it was poorly designed, you know, it's, yeah. it's a very, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very involved kind of process. So I always take, yeah, I always, I, I respect the people who can do that really well. Cause it's not, it's not as easy as just reading the abstract and thinking, Oh, okay. That <laughs> now I know everything, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, in the media, like something will get published and then, it's amazing how people become very married yeah. married to that idea, and like, oh my god, all of a sudden, like, grains are evil, and and then they yeah. they never eat again. Whereas, you can look. I like to look at people like like these type of research reports that will will yeah. look at both sides and and show. All right, here's the strengths, here's the weakness. You don't hear that presented in the media. It's just no <laughs> here new new hyped up uh, approach yeah. to to diet or exercise and. Um, yeah, and then people just run with it, and I think it's the end all be all. But there's always I like to look for the people who look, kind of yeah. look at the whole perspective. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, like the the people who really know what they're talking about, the answer is always huh? <laughs> it depends. I always, know it depends. <laughs> it's like, Too funny. Yeah, I don't know. So it's funny. Well, this this uh, this issue came out, and you did what I typically do is look at the different articles. Uh, the different research that um, is covered there, and you go to the ones that, that yeah. excite you the heck. So you went right to the the tempo. How does rep tempo affect strength and hypertrophy? That's one of the articles I didn't get to yet. Um, any interesting insights in that one that you pulled from it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm totally guilty of uh, whenever I see a study that that <laughs> that supports what I believe. I naturally, I naturally like it, you know, <laughs> mm. I think that's, that's human nature. So sure. I fully, uh, 
I fully admit that I do that. But uh, no, it, it was actually kind of funny. I re I read it first thing this morning, and it basically it was uh, um, it it was in support of uh, of of a slower tempo um, for hypertrophy, and that's something I've always believed and found just with working with other people and certainly with myself that went not for strength and this is where people get off track like I think for strength tempo is is virtually meaningless like you just need to be explosive like yeah. it, that's like and obviously control the descent so you don't kill yourself but for hypertrophy like hyper uh, tempo certainly can matter and I find it matters with uh, especially with body parts or movement planes that you have trouble feeling yeah like when you, when you slow the tempo and you extend the time under tension it it, it works better uh, and so this, I mean, this is very, this study kind of supported that. Um, and I actually, I, I commented on it uh, that I really, that I liked it. And the, and the author happened to be online too. And so we had a little chat about it and yeah. And he found the same thing. Like, it's just, uh, you don't have to make it super complicated. Like you don't have to, you don't have to take out a metronome and, and time your, your reps and stuff like that. But if you do extend that eccentric tempo, uh, it can make a difference. Like you're just extending the time under tension, and that's that's the key to growth. Yeah, and to me, it's it, you you extend the time under tension, and you actually feel <laughs> the tension. Yeah. You you feel it where it's meant to be, and that's that's really that's the main reason why I've slowed my tempo down this this month. It's not because well, a four second negative is better for muscle growth muscle gains even if it is it's just because I, I i need to slow it down just so i feel the right muscles working and i'm able yeah. to mentally steer the activation where where i want it to occur and 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 relax other areas i have to relax my shoulders and my triceps and focus yeah. on contracting with my pecs you can't do that when you're going really fast you can do it with heavier loads, I find, I, but it, it's easier with lighter loads. But I find as long as I'm slowing the tempo down, even if it's a heavy lift, um, I'll feel the tension a lot better where it's supposed to be felt. And the big, it, it allows you to get more out of less. And like, and, and granted, like that's the exact opposite of, of strength training. Is you always want to lift more weight. You want to get lift more, do more. Like that's the whole point. But with when you're training for for size and hypertrophy like playing with the tempo it allows you to use a lighter load and still get a very good training effect and that that can just that can be so much easier on your joints and just uh you know it's such a huge advantage that people don't that people aren't exploring enough without a doubt without a doubt and i i think it's almost um mandatory for for us guys over 35 yeah, start, yeah i think it's just a smarter way to train easier on your joints and you just there's so many benefits to it as well like in yeah. terms of muscle it, there are muscle building benefits to it but yeah easier on your joints and uh, yeah I, I get a lot more enjoyment out of the workout in that way and definitely uh my workout partner has been all over this he, he's someone who is always lifting heavy stuff all the time, um, not focusing on tempo or everything. And now that we slow things down and and feel the tension where it's supposed to be, it's uh, his joints are feeling a hell of a lot better. And even his range of motion has improved with uh, with certain exercises because he's uh, he's reduced the weight a little bit. But you make that 
weights all heavy is relative, I guess, because you can make that lighter weight feel heavy by slowing the movement uh, down a bit. Oh, totally. And I mean, it's it's such a, a, a useful card to play too. I mean, is especially as you get further along in training, you have to you have to change things up fairly regularly. I find, you know, sometimes you have to change things up almost almost every workout, but you know, it's not a good idea to change things completely because, you know, you you don't then you don't really have a frame of reference ever for for what's been working, what you've been doing. But I find like you can take the exact same workout and change the tempos, like especially the eccentric tempo and have a completely different you know, training effect. Yeah. And it's just it's just one more card you can play that if you, you know, if you choose to ignore it, I just think you're leaving a really big kind of piece of the puzzle just off the table so yeah yeah so totally agree yeah and every yeah it's definitely something to be manipulated you don't want to be sticking with the same well slow and controlled feels better i feel more tension everything yeah but that doesn't mean do that forever all the time or for every exercise even you some exercises in your workout you can slow down the tempo and others be more explosive so it doesn't mean you have to follow like periodize it necessarily in 12, 12 week blocks or anything like that. You just, you can mix it in with, within workouts as well. And uh, I think I tend to gravitate more towards that slower eccentric yeah. tempo. Um, Cause it just feels better to me for most of the movements. Um, I can't do yeah. super slow, anything lower than a, no, like no, a four, no. four second negative. Yeah. Um, shoot me. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. It, it doesn't work well for me at all completely useless yeah, yeah like there's a like anything yeah like that super slow training is uh yeah that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. amen <laughs> yeah like uh, it's just yeah people i i know that's the that's the big argument is you say you you say oh i like a slower eccentric tempo and people say well that's super slow training it's like no 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 there's a big temp- big big difference like you're still using a significant load like it's just you're just slowing down on, right you know um, so yeah, it's just, uh, con- just controlling it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I found. I mean, that's where I gravitate more towards. And then I'd say for the past five months or so, I got really wrapped up in the explosive. Like I, I sped up my it, movement. Just wanted to yeah. lift more weight, uh, and it felt good too. But then it's amazing how that that has caught up to me. And I think that's part of the reason why I've really slowed things down. It's kind of like just taking a step back. And yep. uh, and getting that feel, then I'll get back to some explosive movements uh, again. But for right now, I'm like, wow, Scott, you're, you're getting a little bit too wrapped and always trying to slap more weight on the bar. Um, it's time to, to dial it back a bit and just train for that feel, which is my favorite way to train anyways. Yeah, it's just uh, – yeah, like again, I'm a big fan of, of doing different things. But yeah, this, that's certainly my, my – kind of my go-to thing is mm-hmm. – uh, is like a slower kind of methodical approach. And then our uh, colleague, Ben Pakulski. Uh, ben, B- yes. B-Pack, yeah. B-Pack. He's big on tempo and uh, he really likes a four-second negative. He he has that programmed in a lot of his uh, routines in, in MI40, MI40X. Um, so really, and even uh, his Hypertrophy Max program. So nice four-second negative. And I think the slower tempo... Um, like I really like it because I can feel the tension and steer that yeah. neural drive. Then he starts using other intentions where 
he'll squeeze a bar in a certain way. So like a, a pull down, he'll he'll rip that bar apart. So creating an outward force or intention as he likes to, to label it. Um, for bench pressing, he may squeeze his, his hands together, feel more tension, more a better contraction in the pecs. Uh, for like a leg press or a squat, he may squeeze the heels in together. So when you're going slow and controlled, you can manipulate how you're performing the exercise and it's usually subtle changes that most people can't see with the naked eye what you're doing how you're gripping how you're creating some sort of internal force they can't see it but it makes a big impact in how you feel in exercise where you're steering that tension that force in the muscle yeah exactly i mean and yeah you mentioned uh Ben's program and it's yeah I've just been going through it this week and it's just great I mean he really uh he really takes a what I like is sometimes people I don't know people look for for really fancy things um like kind of tangents to to play up on but what Ben really focuses on in his program is just the actual exercise technique you know and just like and that's really that's the the bread and butter of, of what we do and uh yeah, it's just a really good approach. Like those those four second eccentrics, and then having the uh, that one big set. It's like a like a triple drop set. Yeah. It's yeah, that's it's not fun, but it's uh, just a really really cool way to train. Like it's so effective. Yeah, those. Uh, uh, I think the first time I saw. No, whenever he calls it NOS, I forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I normally do the drop set, and that that's it. So I'll I'll do. So if it's for a dumbbell bench press, I'll pick a weight, do as many reps as I can, drop the weight, do as many as I can, drop the weight, do as many as I can, drop the weight, do as many. As I can. So it's a total of four sets yeah. in one drop. Yeah. And then his program, he's like, all right, you're gonna do that again two more times or three more times like okay you're freaking nuts <laughs> like that, that just uh, that's that's going beyond what i've ever done and but it's it's fun different different ways to challenge your body but what I, what i really like about the slower negative and creating those different forces i think a lot of it shows how well i i like to think of it as being playful with our routine but i think it shows how how smart yeah. us bodybuilders can be we're not just lifting things up and put putting them down like they make us look out to be in those planet fitness commercials like yeah there's there's a lot of thought that goes into us and we are like every single workout that's what excites the heck out of me i'll just i'll just change my grip slightly or how i'm squeezing a bar just different subtle little changes like i said aren't even visible to the naked eye can make a big impact in how i feel in exercise and a big which translates to to gains where I want it. And, and a lot of times, like I notice when I'm not thinking about an exercise and not creating any kind of intention, um, I have a natural tendency to, to create the tension in certain areas of a muscle. And, uh, and you realize, well, this is why I've, I'm this certain body part or aspect of a muscle is more developed than other aspects that are lagging behind. It's a lot of it has to do with your kind of those natural movement patterns but if you slow things down you can kind of steer the tension towards those those lagging areas and yeah. uh, puts a lot more thought into uh, i really think bodybuilding is a thinking sport <laughs> like you really the more focused you are the more you block out all the distractions around you and, and focus on the movement itself 
the better yeah. better off you'll be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's as you probably know, like a lot of people debate whether getting a pump, you know, really matters. Like some people say, like, like you know, like Arnold back in the day would say, you know, the, the pump equals growth. The pump equals growth, and you know, lately a lot of people have challenged that, saying, you know, it's just a cool kind of cosmetic effect of training, but it doesn't really doesn't really affect you know getting stronger or getting bigger blah 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 um i firmly from what i've read and certainly from what i've experienced i'm i'm firmly on the side that if when you get a pump you are well on your way to certainly to getting a bigger muscle mm-hmm. um and even and and this is kind of my soapbox but i think if you when you can't get a pump like there's some muscle everyone has like a body part that, oh, I just, you know, I, I don't really feel it. I don't really get a pump. 99 times out of 100, that's always a weak body part. Right. You know what I mean? Like like those dudes who, you know, they, they could do a few reps of push-ups and their chest is all pumped. Like invariably, after they train for a few years, they have great chest development. Like yep. it's just, they're just, you know, whereas maybe their shoulders will lag, you know. So if you can, you can figure out how to get a pump really well, Especially in a weaker body part, I think it's that's so that's so beneficial, and that's where this kind of training is really really helpful for that. Totally, totally agree. That's yeah. If you can't get a pump, a pump is probably a sign that all right, you are creating tension in that muscle. You are able to, well, yeah. let's say, isolate it, but you can feel that muscle working. You're 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 yeah. dri- you're driving blood to the right area there. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, you know, like I have trouble, like myself, I have trouble getting a triceps pump and you know, triceps are a big lagging body part on for me. And, uh, I found that doing, uh, one really all out set of, uh, band pushdowns at the end of a workout. I stole that from, uh, I stole it from Louis Simmons actually. Um, I do that every day and it gives you a, a really good triceps pump. And sure enough, uh, I'm starting to get some results that way. And it takes me all of a minute, you know, once a day. Mm-hmm. But just I mean, whatever you can do to kind of pump up a lagging body part is uh, is yeah I find that super helpful. Yeah, I think there's a lot even like back the old school days of Vince Garanda with with calf training and everything. He's like it's way he he was one who always prescribed hitting calves more frequently and yeah. higher yeah. reps. Just it's to get that that blood flowing to that area and to constant. I think a lot of it has to do with working that muscle more frequently and you're just, you're getting used to using it. Even if it's under lighter loads, higher reps, you're getting used to working the muscle properly and, and driving blood to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, but when you slow stuff down and you take this really kind of methodical approach to every single rep, it just makes that process so much easier because you're not flinging the weight anymore. Now you're, you know, you're, you know, you're you're contracting forcibly, but you're slowly lowering four seconds down, uh, and yeah, you will quickly <laughs> you'll quickly figure out. Okay, this is a I'm feeling this muscle working or I'm not. You know, right. yeah, yeah. And then you start playing around with it. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna vary my grip, and boom, there there's the trick. Like I slowed it down, and I went either a little wider with my grip or changed the hand position slightly, um, altered my body in a slightly different way, and you feel the stretch or, or the contraction and tension in the right area and so it going lighter and slowing it down allows you to kind of figure out how to manipulate your body in a way that will steer mm-hmm. the tension where it's supposed yeah. to be felt 
Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, if you're looking for a to buy a program, I, I would recommend Ben Pakulski's MI40. It is really, it's just really good. I'm just yeah. It's just kind of classic training. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, good stuff. Oh. I've I've incorporated his his programs in my uh, training uh, throughout yeah. the past couple of years. It's been a, I think his work complements my programming, like the aesthetic muscle plan, yeah. better yeah. than anything else out there. It's very in line um, program design and um, uh, a lot of similar strategies, but some yeah. just just enough unique strategies, yeah. um, but very much geared towards the same outcome as well aesthetics and yeah, exactly. tra- training for the feel i i love it he, and he's he's just a good guy too yeah yeah so i love about your program your program is it's such a long journey that it can really uh yeah if you if you just start at square one you you have a lot you have so many different there, there's so much to your program that i really like it like there's uh it doesn't leave you hanging that's for sure no there's always something as i go along and i learn new things and try yeah. different programming each month yeah just add it all in there so it just it goes to show that there's no one solid set way <laughs> you should be yeah. doing there's so many different ways and i i like to to include them all in there Absolutely. very cool now um so holidays coming up taking a break so what's what's going to go on with training coming up so as you're wrapping up this phase are you going to take a complete break from the gym or are you going to do some sort of deloaded deloading structured uh, I, I think deloads are. Here's another thing. I think deloads are really important for strength training, especially higher level strength training. I think uh, people have kind of appropriated that for bodybuilding, and I don't think it's as important. Like bodybuilding, I think I find variety and change and volume drives bodybuilding, but not so much, you know, program deloads and stuff like that, because that's that's more of a of a strength training principle. So, um, but to answer your question, like, yeah, over like over Christmas, I'll certainly, uh, I'm just going to train if it occurs to me kind of things. I'll be traveling and going home and stuff like that. And I just don't want to stress about training. I'll just, you know, if I, if I hook up with some of the old bros and, and want to go to the gym, I'll just go and do whatever and just kind of just enjoy just being free of a, of a structured program. You know, I don't want to be that guy who, you know, I'll be in Florida for a while. I don't have to be driving all over looking for a gym so I can perform this exact workout. You know, I'll just, you know, I just can try to enjoy my time. And, uh, and that kind of will charge my batteries for January, which is, uh, coming up pretty fast. And then I'll get right back into it. Into the bro, the bro training, hypertrophy training. Excellent. That's going to be super exciting. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't think you need to do a precise deload with with hypertrophy i think it it certainly doesn't hurt and if you're doing too much volume it's always good to it's always good to scale back volume mm-hmm. but uh like i've seen <laughs> i've seen people programming like oh i you know i'm deloading my tricep press downs i'm like well i don't think they're <laughs> i don't think it's causing that much of, a, of an impact that you have to do it but uh, whatever you know that's that's okay yeah it doesn't hurt you know <laughs> it is interesting there's definitely yeah. lots of different philosophies and i i, I brought up earlier Vince Garanda um I know he used to do train for 21 days and and then take a week off every yeah. single month and then yeah. I see other guys who they'll uh they'd rather you not take a week off I think in in Brad's uh, Brad Schoenfeld his max muscle plan he's yeah. three weeks on and then his deloading week is 
you're just in the gym less frequently. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you dial back the um, your percentages. And I find I, I like naturally because I, I follow a program for four weeks and then move on. A lot of it has yeah. to do mental, keep my enthusiasm sky high. That's um, the big part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. But I find like I'll go three weeks. I am I I can give her for three weeks. Yeah. And the fourth week, I naturally um, just get a little. I'm not, I don't want to say tired, but I naturally tend to dial the weight back a little bit because I'll bump up the weight, bump up the weight, and then I realize, all right, I can't increase the weight anymore this week i'm just gonna maybe dial the weight back a little bit and i'll use that week to work on my form i may slow down my tempo a little bit during the third week and reduce the weight so i guess it's kind of a i still follow my workouts as they're structured um but i may reduce the weight slightly and slow down the tempo a little bit more so it's a little bit it's more like deloading the joints a little bit i guess you could say and just making sure that i'm not all about loading weight on the bar all the time but uh, creating tension where it's supposed to be felt yeah i'm yeah i think uh that's something i've always naturally gravitated gravitated towards too is i'll before i change a program i'll kind of milk it for you know i'll milk it for at least a month and then i'll when i know what i'm going to do next i'll take a week of and just kind of finish off what i'm currently doing but as a deload so mm-hmm. you know i'll just do me yeah maybe half the volume and or and and perhaps crank up the intensity, perhaps not, but just have like uh, it's kind of a, a nice way to end before you start fresh, you know, a, a new phase. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sure. but yeah, no, I won't. Uh, I won't be setting no records over Christmas, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, very cool. Any other insights? Anything you want to share before we wrap up this episode? No, but I think what people should do. If I could impart any wisdom, and I don't have much, is that like this time of year, you're starting to think about next year already, and you're probably starting to think about goals. Um, I think it's really important to kind of start setting, you know, not just you know, not just long-term goals, but I would set like a long-term goal, like maybe a year, how you'd like to progress in training, and then set kind of mini goals that lead up to that. So let's say you have a goal, I don't know, let's say by the end of next summer you want to be you know in a, at a certain level of condition. Maybe kind of plan your training up at least at least have kind of general goals that lead up to that. And uh it's such an effective tool. I mean, it works in business and certainly works in training. Definitely. So I think yeah, like uh that's what I'll be doing for a good part of December is thinking about okay, what do I want to accomplish? next year and you know how should i be training to lead up to that exactly yeah yeah great insights man great insights yeah no first of all you gotta know where the heck you want to (laughs) go yeah and then start planning out the steps to to get yourself there yeah yeah exactly like if you want to if this is the year you want to get down to single digit body fat and actually (laughs) have some muscle underneath maybe you know plan out the next three phases of training Mm mm-hmm and have goals for each and, and kind of do it intelligently though. So they kind of lead into one another. Um, that I found is that's so, so helpful like to do that. Without a doubt, man. Yeah. Fantastic, buddy. Well, another good episode of the modern muscle head. And once again, definitely recommend go check out our blogs, our websites, Brian cron.com again, linked all over, whether you're listening to this to, 
on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our blogs and uh, metabolicmasterpiece.com and uh, we look forward to hearing your feedback insights from this episode and if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover in future episodes please give us a shout and yeah. uh, we mentioned alan aragon's research report um, we should have some links there to that as well it's 10 bucks a month um very valuable. We may not read every episode, every every <laughs> installment, every month. Um, a lot of times, I'll just look through the different articles that are geared towards my goals. Um, yeah. But man, definitely some great insights, and always the contributors are, um, man, just freaking brilliant at uh, dissecting research and giving us some practical applications. Yeah, it's it's ten bucks well spent. I gotta say. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, have yourself a great week and. Uh, I'll catch you next time. Yeah, you bet.